Songs and Beats Daily. I am your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 195. Today we are talking about a little tune called I'll Cry Instead by the Beatles. Um, sometimes you'll see it in print as I Cry Instead, but the official publication lists it as I'll Cry Instead. Released July 10th, 1964 on A Hard Day's Night. And on July 20th, 1964, as a U.S. single backed with I'm Happy Just to Dance With You, the track peaked at number 25 on the Billboard Top 100. The story goes that this track was originally written for the Hard Day's Night movie, and it was supposed to be used in the sequence where the band escapes from the studio and they're running around the big field. Um, Can't Buy Me Love, as most of you probably know, was eventually chosen instead, but I'll Cry Instead was included on the non-soundtrack side of the LP. So you had the music from the movie on side A, and then you had various other tunes as side B for the soundtrack movie uh, of, the, of, the, uh, of the film. So this was tacked onto the B-side, which also has little tracks like You Can't Do That. And I mean, the B-side of Hard Day's Night is fantastic also. There are two, though, completely different versions of this song unofficial release on the single as well as the american version of a hard day's night which um, if memory serves the back of that album the b-side is actually the orchestral stuff so you've got the rock stuff on side a and then the underscore on side b um, if i remember right i know they did that would help um, but in the uk you got two sides of beatles music but anyway, on the American single and the American pressings of A Hard Day's Night soundtrack, the track clocks in at 2.09 with a third verse that was omitted from the British Hard Day's Night release. So we'll get to that, uh, why that was, or not really why, but on June 1st. But that lends, it kind of lends itself, you'd think, and we'll reveal later why that's not true, but it would you would think that that means that they've got two versions, one for the movie, one for the album. On June 1st, 1964, the band recorded several takes of the song in two chunks. They record um, also on that day takes for Matchbox, Slow Down, and I'll Be Back on the same session. Um, section A got six takes, and Section B received two takes before the band called it a day and worked on other songs. It's not entirely clear Um what is what section b presumably is a shorter section presumably it's the extra few seconds um for the american pressing and then although i had mentioned that this song was supposedly written for the field scene um for hard day's night it's important to note that the recording of this track didn't occur until after filming had wrapped so even if that was the intention initially it didn't stick long enough to get recorded for proper consideration um on in the film it was recorded specifically at sessions for the b-side of a hard day's night um the extended cut just repeats the first verse of the song um so that's probably what the section b is is that extra verse um it's the same words as the first verse but they did record that second verse separately and edit it on later i really don't understand why they would do that Unless it was a timing thing where they knew they had, you know, a certain amount of time 
for a single that they maybe didn't have for the B-side of the LP. I don't know. But that seems like a lot of forethought and kind of a lot of extra work for just, you know, 20 extra seconds, 30 extra seconds, whatever it was. Um, for the life of me, though, I couldn't find online any audio of this um, version, and it is not in my record collection, although I have once picked up the American soundtrack for Hard Day's Night at a Record Shop and passed because it was like 45 bucks or whatever. And I was like, well, I can get these four albums or I can get this one. So I opted for the four. Now that I'm recording this episode, I wish I'd actually picked up the other version. The music in the verse is pretty basic. He's shifting um, from a one chord to a two chord um, with a D droning underneath, if you believe what the published music says. I don't. I think John just wrote it on one chord, and it's actually George's lead guitar line that is um, shifting the chord. So what he's doing, what they claim he's doing, is doing a G chord to an A minor chord, but keeping the D um, as a drone. Because George is doing that on the lead guitar part. And that's all he's doing is he's doing a G chord um, in an F shape on the third fret and then laying down his ring finger on the fifth fret. Um, but that's that's George's guitar playing that's that's causing that. John was just playing it. And then, so he kind of bases it on kind of an extended blues. It's a 16-bar pattern. Um, and with the exception exception of this supposed two chord, it's solely one, four, five chords. So I don't think John sat down and wrote it like that. I think that was lead guitar has dictated this publishing um, notation. But I think John was just vamping on the G for a little bit. Where it gets interesting is the bridge. Since the song doesn't really have a chorus as much as a repeated title line, you know, I should make T-shirts to sell to support this podcast. It just says there isn't a chorus because that's got to be the most uttered sentence I ever say on this show. Um, for the bridge, he drifts away from the key of G and into the key of D by way of a minor six chord. So the progression, B minor to A7, D, E minor to D7, so E minor, A7 to D7. It's a 6, 5, 1, 2, 5, 1, 7, that D7. And that 1, 7 is actually, it's another way of saying 5 of 4. And since we've shifted to the key of D, 4 is G. So we've talked about it before, 5 is the dominant chord. So if you end on a D7, you want to resolve to G. So what he's doing is instead of just doing... He hits that D7, and it takes us back to G.
So that little D7 takes us out of that weird bridge in the key of D and takes us back to the key of G. So it's a cool little trick, adds a little bluesiness, you know, creates these cool rock harmonies. And it's other than that, I mean, you could play it if this was a, an acoustic song, it would be a very folky song. Um, so like there's nothing particularly groundbreaking musically, but it's a pretty sophisticated for rock and roll and really shows off the great ear for harmony that all the band songwriters had. Finally, uh, so that's it for that. Um, that's I'll Cry Instead. There's not much to talk about. I like this song. Um, I think jo John is in good voice on this track. It's a cool little groove. It's a, you know, it's, it's kind of got their folk rock country hybrid sound that, um, you know, really takes over in a hard day's night. This is in a lot of ways, this is er, hard day's night. This is on a, a rubber soul. In a lot of ways, this is kind of like a bridge song between the rock and roll of hard day's night. Um, and the more country styles of Beatles for Sale and Rubber Soul, which are to come. So that's I'll Cry Instead. Um, before we end the podcast, though, I'd like to take a moment to send my condolences to the family of Ryan Brady. Um, if anybody from his family happens to listen to this show, um, I, I send my condolences. Among a list, a long list of musical accomplishments, um, Ryan was the co-host of the Take It Away podcast, which analyzed every album released by Paul McCartney. And they went deep. Some of these podcast episodes were, you know, a couple hours long. And I listened to and enjoyed every episode of that podcast. A lot of times I'd listen to it on the way home from gigs because when you've been playing uh, music for a few hours a night, the last thing you want to do is get in the car and hear more notes. So, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, and that one, when I discovered it, they were um, they were already covering albums in the 90s by the time I got to. I came late. Um, so I had a long time of just, you know, binging this podcast. And um, even though even when I, I vehemently disagreed with the opinions being shared by Ryan Orr's co-host. Um, I enjoyed listening to him, and I knew they were they were you know skilled musicians. Um, he, Ryan passed away on Thanksgiving, having been in a car accident. And, and if you listen to their podcast, um, I hope um, you've heard this news from somewhere other than me. But if I'm breaking it to you, um, I'm sorry to tell you. But um, he, he he passed away car accident on Thanksgiving. So if you enjoyed this podcast and haven't listened to his. Um, do yourself a favor as a tribute to his legacy in the world of Beatles podcasting um, and, and dig in and listen to um, uh, Take It Away. Uh, the work that they did on that podcast was a big influence on how I wanted to revive this podcast because this is an old podcast. I took a couple years off and I completely reformatted, you know, how it was going to lay out. It didn't used to be daily and it wasn't song by song. It was just general topics. And, and they kind of inspired me to, to hone it in on the very specific task of 3,000 songs by the Kinks and the Beatles. So rest in peace, Ryan. And um, my condolences to your co-hosts, your family, your friends, and anybody who enjoyed listening to him on his podcast. Take care of yourself, everyone. Stay safe. Have a wonderful holiday season. And um, I'll talk to you tomorrow.